You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Well, Brian, it is wonderful to have you on Real Faith Stories. Thanks for being here. Hey, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I would love for you to share your backstory, and then we're going to dig into what it appears to be a really key theme for your life, and that is identity. So please share a bit about yourself. Sure. What I usually say when asked that question is that I was raised in church. And I know for a lot of people, that means a lot of different things. But I was raised in church, a non-denominational church, charismatic, and was handed a lot of beliefs just about who God is, how the world works, and what I'm supposed to do for God, for Him to be happy with me. And some of those beliefs are really good and foundational and helpful. And some of those beliefs, the way I learned them through my own filters and circumstances and life experiences were not helpful. I kind of, I've constantly been on this journey of uh, learning who I am, leaving behind an identity that I've had, and stepping into something new, often scary and risky, but always the best thing. Um, one of four brothers. I'm a middle child, so interpret that how you will. <laughs> and just kind of lived a, a you know normal uh, suburban American life, I guess you could say. When I was about 15 or so, we moved to Willis, Texas, to a, a small church. I remember going there, going to the youth group for the first time, and I met a guy. It was the youth pastor, and I remember he came to me and was just super excited to see me and happy to meet me. And, and I said, like, "Well, great, that's his job, you know." And uh, we came back the next week. And he said, hey, Brian, good to see you again. And I remember being so floored that he remembered my name. Hmm. And so from then on, I kind of followed the guy everywhere, became his mentee. And to this day, he's a good mentor to me. And I I seek him out for wisdom in my life. So that was really impactful in my life. And and my family kind of picked up and moved to, to this new church. And that was the first of a lot of journeys, quote unquote, that God has taken me on in my life of trying to figure out who I am in my life and mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do for him and thinking that I need to accomplish something in my life for God so that he'll be pleased with me. And I need to figure out what it is or I'm going to fail him. Uh, and if I'm not clear and I don't have this clear path in front of me, then it's going to be difficult. And for some reason, God won't love me. So anyway, through the course of my life, I'm really trying to discover, like all of us, who I, I really am and and who I am underneath all the conditioned identity, the learned identity, the life experiences and growing up where I grew up and around who I grew up and all those things that kind of shape us, mm-hmm. learning to let go of a lot of those things so I can really step into who I actually am, who God knows that I am. Let me ask you something, Brian, about a statement you just made, and that is you had this mindset that if you don't figure out why God has you on this earth, that you'll fail him. Yeah. Well, I I really believe almost all of us face that that wall, I guess you could call it at one point in our lives, especially growing up in church. It's a little bit of a religious kind of mindset there of a, a kind of a slave mentality, really, where it's like, I need to do something for God to please him. Mm. And I need God to tell me exactly what it is I'm supposed to do so that I can do it right and not fail him. And I think we, we miss the point, like God, yes, God has things for us to do, but we, we often miss the point in that it's not so much about accomplishing the thing as it is about growing into who we're supposed to be. 
and letting go of an old identity, stepping into an, a new identity. And this process repeated all throughout our lives, our entire lives. You know, the first half of our life is really about letting go of an old identity. The second half of our life is really about living into that identity and, and expressing our lives from that identity. And I call it half, but really it's just, the sooner we can let go of this old identity we've learned mm-hmm. and the sooner we can step into the identity that God has given us, then the sooner we can begin to live and express our, our lives out of that. So I've heard a lot of guests on your show, you know, Luke Reedus is one of them and several others who reference this green light mentality. For whatever reason, we're given this security-based red light mentality where it's like everything's a no until I get an absolute yes that God's called me to something. And the reality is that everything's a yes. And as you step into and have faith, right, and step into something, then that's when clarity comes about changing direction. Really, I think we get more green lights and sometimes yellow lights. And then if we're having faith and we're walking forward, there are times when we hit a red light and God said, no, this isn't the way you should go. But uh, if we're walking in faith and we're constantly taking that step out into the unknown before knowing for sure what everything's going to look like, then that's where real life happens, I believe. That's where all the beauty of life takes place. Why do you think that is so important to have the mindset that everything's a green light until there's a red light as opposed to the other way around? What's your thought on that? So I think a lot of it has to do with security, just the sense of security in our lives. And we're so conditioned to look for security in something mm. before we move toward it. And I mean, your, your podcast is called Real Faith Stories. All the stories that people are telling are about real faith. And faith is not getting absolute certainty in something and believing God for that one thing that you're absolutely certain of. Right on. I think, it's, I think faith is actually stepping into the uncertainty on purpose and remaining in the uncertainty and allowing God to fill in the uncertainty with a creative expression. And our job is to put ourselves out there into the unknown. And God is always calling us into the unknown, into beyond what's certain and what's secure. And that's difficult because from a physiological and psychological level, we're hardwired for survival. And so uh, a lot of the things we do in our lives are really for our own survival. We have to intentionally kind of leave behind a survival mentality and step into this spiritual journey of, I'm actually going to trust God that like, I might be worried for my survival, even though that might look like I'm just afraid to go talk to that person on the street. I'm going to trust God and step into this anyway and let him fill in all the unknowns and all the gaps and trust that he will. And I've learned in my life that when I do take those steps of faith, whether it's personal life, relationships, business, whatever it is, when I take those steps of faith and get out there, follow the, the green light, God has so much beauty and so much blessing waiting for me out there in the unknown. Mm. We tend to assume that God, like that those things aren't waiting. We're going to be left out there to try. But the reality is that almost always uh, God is waiting for us out there into the unknown with with beauty and blessing and all the things that are greater than we could imagine beyond what we could think. And so that's really what I think that means, that, that we we're afraid to go into anything that seems unknown in our lives. And almost all the the quote-unquote green lights and opportunities and everything, they all carry an aspect of, of an unknown to it. And real growth happens when we're stepping into that constantly in our lives. 
that's where we have to expand into a new territory. If we stay where we are, we can't grow, we can't expand. We always have to be moving forward. You said we have to remain in the uncertainty. And there's something really powerful about that idea. And it boils down to the very essence of faith, trust, right? Mm -hmm. And to put oneself out into an uncertain space, but at the same time, knowing that who you've put your trust in is utterly certain. I've seen that in my own life, as you have. Share, if you would, Brian, one of the experiences you've had in your lifetime where you stepped out into that uncertainty and God showed up and pulled you across that lake, so to speak, when you were halfway there <laughs> and helped yeah. you make it to the other side. A few years ago, a friend of mine and I, we started a podcast and we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, we were just excited about it and we wanted to start it. And anytime you start something new, there's this excitement when you're starting. And then you kind of realize there's a point at which you have to make the real decision where you have to schedule that first interview. You have to push play and record. You have to publish. And those are the scary buttons to push, right? Yeah. And so we had planned this whole thing out. We had come up with a name and we were so excited and everything. And then we had to actually like record and get guests on our podcast. <laughs> so we made like a dream list. We said, God, we would love to talk to these people someday. Like maybe years down the road when we build a reputation and we become known, whatever it is, we'd love to be able to get in front of these people. And we had a list of at least 10 people. And we had a friend in ministry who knew one of these people. And we said, okay, long shot. We'll see if he could reach out and maybe get us a half an hour of his time or so. And so we asked our friend and he had reached out and the guy that he had talked to said yes. And again, this is somebody we thought like, hey, maybe someday we could talk to this guy. This is like and, a moon, uh, a moonshot thing, right? It is. It's a moonshot. Yeah. And the guy was like, yeah, sounds great. I'd love to do it. I, I can give him an hour. And we're like, an hour? Oh my <laughs> gosh. So so we have a conversation with this guy and it's just an incredible conversation. It just goes so well, perfect for podcasts. And he has a great time on the podcast too. And so at the end of the podcast, after we, we hit stop on the recording, we're talking to him and just telling him our vision. And we're just kind of like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're so excited. And this is a huge blessing to us. And we said, we, you know, we made this dream list and you're one of the guys on it. And we really want to thank you for, for just accepting this. And he goes, well, who else is on your list? And so we started telling him something. He goes, I'll tell you what, send me your list, email it to me. He goes, I know most of those guys. <laughs> we're like, what? And so we send it to him and we reach out using this guy. We're like, hey, could you help us reach out to this guy? And so he, he emails people for us. And everybody he talks to says yes. Oh, I love everybody it. he says, hey, these guys have a podcast. I was on it. They'd love to talk to you. And they say yes. And these are people that, that have you know, huge audiences. They're very influential. They've written books, all these things. And we just thought there's no way we'd ever get a chance to talk to them someday. So here we are, haven't even released an official first episode yet. And we're getting this long list of people who are agreeing to do our, our podcast. And so part of that journey, what I realized is I, I felt inadequate that who am I to ask? that these people would actually agree to do this and want to be on a show. And I kind of realized like, what what does it matter? What you think about yourself? Uh, Mm. It matters that you have faith that you step out and you kind of just, just trust me. This is God was talking to me, the Holy spirit speaking to me and saying, if you just trust me, like I can do way more with your life than you think. If you actually do the thing and actually trust me and put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And so through that whole experience, I probably grew more in, in that couple of years than I've grown in almost any other period of my life. Because we constantly had to have faith for the guests we were talking to. And through that experience, too, uh, a lot of other avenues in my life 
really opened up. So it's kind of interesting how one open door and one green light will lead to just so many others and mm-hmm. all it kind of leads us to where we're ultimately supposed to be going in our life if we'll take the big risk and the big step and the one thing with that podcast we had started a platform a, a website and everything and I, and I wanted to write a blog for it and hadn't done much writing in my life and decided to do it anyway so every time we interviewed a guest i'd write a blog article about that episode and and those guests loved the articles and they would share them on their own platforms and we would get you know, traffic on our website and it's, it just kind of started growing organically into this thing and I kind of realized I had this passion for writing, but never, like I'd always had this passion for writing, but I never pursued it because I'd never done anything with it and wasn't mm-hmm. known for it. And and so I was like, well, maybe I, I can actually be a writer. It's something I really love to do. I love writing. And so maybe I can actually do this thing. And, you know, fast forward to today, I literally write for a living. It's my profession. My entire business is built around writing. And so had I not taken, you know, that big step and all the subsequent steps, you know, of faith following that, I don't know that I would be doing what I'm doing today and, and living uh, an abundant life and living a, a passion, actually living it and doing it, mm-hmm. had I not taken you know that, that scary first step of reaching out to that first guy on the podcast. So that's one example of, of many of, of how God has done that. When you made this transition to full-time writing, you shared something with me before we started recording, and that was that you had to call yourself a writer anyway, even though you weren't, in air quotes, a writer yet. Explain that, please. You know, our identity, who God's called us to be and who we are, is true whether we have proof of it or not. That's so powerful. Say that again, please. Whoever God has called us to be, our true identity, it's true whether we have proof of it or not. I love that. I think we all of times, in our own lives, we want proof, or we want to have like, this backlog of data to prove that we are who we are. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if you believe who you are and live that life, then your experiences will produce all the data you need in the future. And basically the future will hold all the experience you need to prove who you are right now. <laughs> if you'll believe it now. Faith. It's faith. Again. Oh, right. It's faith. It's faith. hundred percent. So I had to, I just began to call myself a writer and people began to ask, hey, what do you do? And so of all the various answers I could have given them, I just kind of would default and say, well, I'm a writer. And so what do you mean? You know, so I would explain it and how it worked with podcasts and blogging and all this stuff in my own life. And now that statement is more true than ever. When someone says, what do you do? Well, I'm a writer. I mean, I literally sit down with businesses every day and help them get their message right and, and basically write so that they can grow their business from an identity perspective, from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what I do now for a living. And so I think if you know God has called you to something, it's okay to call yourself that and to believe that and to put yourself in that place as if you are that person now. And you can just watch how your life kind of forms around that identity and the people that the relationships you build and the opportunities that come your way because of that. Now, are you are you working on a book or getting ready to release a book in the near future? I'm working on a book right now. And so the title is a working title, but it's called The Invitation of Grace. And basically, what we've talked about today, our whole conversation, this idea that when God has called us to something or anything we do worth pursuing in our life that has God attached to it, that God gives us enough energy, enough resources, enough belief, basically to leave one shore and to get out into the middle. And then from there, like he gives us enough to get out into the middle. And then from there, 
I believe grace is this powerful spiritual force that God's created that if we will let go of everything else, of all the securities and all the things that we think we need to take care of the journey ourselves, if we'll let go of all that, get out there in the middle, that grace will then begin to pull us to the other shore. And along with grace comes just an overwhelming abundance in our lives and tremendous growth. If we'll get out in the middle, grace will take over and pull us the rest of the way. And this applies in every area of our life, not just personal pursuits like starting businesses or those sort of things, but I think in relationships when we're dealing with pain. I mean, I recently uh, lost my mother to, she was very sick related to COVID Mm, and that lost her this past year toward the end of the year. And our family has been going through a lot of pain and I have have to experience this level of grace where there's a part of us that wants to avoid the pain and kind of hide it and bury it and just try to move on and not deal with it. And then what grace does is it actually calls us into the pain and through the pain. And we have to kind of put ourselves out there in the risky middle of the pain. And then what happens is grace begins to to take over and to comfort us. And, and we begin to feel more love and more uh, peace from the Holy Spirit than we've ever felt because we put ourselves and we're not, we're not hiding from that journey, but pushing ourselves through that journey anyway. And so whether, whatever it is we're going through in our life, whether it's pain or it's something that you were called to do, it's identity, something that you know is risky, but you're afraid to do it. If you'll put yourself out there and take that step, but even beyond the first step, get out there where you have to take the actual risk, like pushing record and pushing publish, like the real scary step mm-hmm. and do it anyway. And then watch how grace just takes over your life and begins to open doors for you all over the place. And so that's what the premise of the book is really about. It's about how grace, uh, if we will take this invitation that grace is giving us, that all the things we really want in life and the person we believe we truly are and the relationship we want with God and others, all of it's possible if we'll let grace lead the way. What a wonderful concept. I can't wait for you to release the book, Brian. What do you say to somebody who pushes off the shore, they're 10 feet out, And then they're like, no, I'm going back. And then they go off from the shore and they get 30 feet out or they get 50 yards out or 100 yards out and they keep going back to shore. How does somebody ultimately release the control and the security that they long for to get out in the middle of that place where God can then envelop them with his grace? Any thoughts on that? So what's coming to mind, something I heard somebody else say that I really take into heart, that what does the shore represent really in your life? And the shore represents like a known identity, a known place of living, a sense of security. And a lot of times we think that the shore that we're leaving from is God. We think that's the comfort and warmth and love that we need and that we're not sure if God's going to be out there in the water. And what I want people to realize is that the shore is not God. I think God is the water. I think that what you are really wanting in life and the reason the journey even exists, that the shore and the water and the other shore even exists, is because there's an opportunity for you to take and, and to learn who you are, to let go of something. So mm. I hope that that makes sense, that like what you are really looking for, what you think the shore is going to keep giving you by going back to it, is all false. It's not true. Mm. And what you really want in your life and it, anything worth pursuing in life is going to be like this. What you really want in your life is going to be found out there in the water. That's where God is found. That's where uh, real life is found. It reminds me of 
something I shared in a journal entry a couple weeks ago. I just did a personal three-minute podcast episode, and I read a journal entry where I, in essence, said, the real risk is trying to control. And on the other side of letting go of that control is the true freedom and the true purpose and meaning in our lives. It's not in grabbing onto something tightly, right? Right. In this journey of writing the book, what have you discovered about yourself? It's a great question. I think what, what I've learned is that the journey never really ends. We all think we're going to arrive, arrive at some point in our lives. And that's not actually what growth is, right? Growth means the journey. We continue the journey and the journey keeps going. And what I've learned in my life and what I've seen from other people who, who are making the biggest difference in their walk with God is that the journey to find your true self and the journey to find God are parallel journeys. They're really the same journey. So if you will get out there and let go of yourself, let go of this identity that you've had, the old you, and uh, allow yourself to be in an unknown middle for a while while you discover who you really are, what you'll find is you'll actually discover who God really is. Because when we're given an identity that's very secure and set, we think we know who we are because of our last name and color of our skin and where we grew up and all these things that we think are who we are. All it is is really just this box that we've built that we call our identity. So if we'll kind of break out of that box and just leave it and mm-hmm. go try to go discover who we really are, we kind of realize that we've had God in a box too, that God really fits neatly into this box that fits our identity really well, that, that we think God is a Republican and we think God is, you know, prefers these kind of people over others. And, and we realize that all those things are identity traits that are also traits we've applied to God. And if we will step out and break out of that box and be willing to, to let go and, and like I've heard you say, hold our faith with an open hand and say, okay, God, what I know is not all that there is to know. I'm willing for you to show me something new that I don't know. And I'm willing to grow into that until you show me something new again. And so I think that really kind of sums it up more than anything. Those people who are hesitant, you know, to take that risk and go out there. And like you asked what, what I've seen in my own life, that that's really it. Like this journey to find myself is also, is really just this journey to discover who God really is mm-hmm. and connect with God on a deeper, more intimate level. As you work with clients and you help them discover the words that best describe them, is there a theme that you see emerging with most of your clients, kind of an 80-20 type of theme in terms of what you tend to address and maybe what your client's biggest questions and or fears might be? So think about like anybody who starts a business. You started a business. You have a podcast and you have other ventures as well. There's a spark that always happens that gets you started. There's a spark that gets you going and gets you creating to build something. But a lot of times in businesses, when it gets established or even along the journey, is that spark kind of gets lost. And say somebody has a passion for fixing cars. And so they start a business fixing cars. And then they kind of get caught in the weeds of just fixing cars every day. And then when they go to to talk about their business, they end up sounding like every other person who fixes cars. Mm. And so you get lost in the weeds a little bit where you know, businesses end up sounding like everybody else. And there's no unique identifiers. And so what I help them do is like, okay, hey, let's go back to the beginning. There was a spark that that drove you to do this, yeah. that even got you passionate about this in the first place. Now, if we can clarify that and actually put that into words and then use those same words in your marketing materials, on your website, and then what it does is it actually differentiates you from everybody else 
people will attach themselves to the reason behind you're doing your business, the cause and the purpose behind your business, because we all desire to have a purpose behind what we're doing as well. So if your purpose behind your business is clearly articulated in the marketing materials you use and the message you use. And when I say that, I don't mean you talk about yourself. Like this is my purpose. And I mean, you talk about like your purpose, all of us, our purpose is directly tied to who we're called to help and not just what we're called to do. So if you can use that language in your marketing material that talks about who you're helping and how you help them beyond just fixing cars, then that's when you start attracting more customers. You start attracting people who want to be associated with your brand, not just because you offer something that helps them, but because you also offer an aspirational identity that they can attach themselves Mm. to. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And it, you know, it sounds like you've articulated their unique why and if you're able to communicate that to the world appropriately, those people that connect with that will definitely be drawn into your business, right? Right. And you'll, and you'll stand out. You'll stand out because very few businesses, very few people actually do that. What would you say is one of the best ways somebody can articulate the reason they do what they do in terms of a business? You mean you mean like to themselves or to the world? Or? Yeah. What kind of process? Is there a simple way to boil down somebody's why in their business so that they can do a 20 second elevator pitch with it. There is. Yeah. So I am a story brand certified guide. If you haven't heard of story brand, uh, yeah. you should look it up. It's a very powerful framework to clarify your message. Mm-hmm. And if you can get really clear on your message, then all your marketing will kind of take care of itself. And so whenever I work with clients, I'll walk them through this framework, which starts with who you're trying to serve, what problem that do they solve, how can you help them solve that problem, what is a really easy way or process they can take to use you to get their problem solved. And if they do use you to pro- solve this problem for them, what does their life look like? What does success look like? Yeah. And so you kind of take all these elements that are found in story, hence the name story brand, and you apply it to a business. And so that's a big part of what I use when it comes to actually writing out marketing materials. And then from a a deeper perspective, too, I want to get to know the heart behind a business. And so some of that is really a a personal sitting down coaching somebody and figuring out, hey, why did you get started? Take me back to when you started this business. What was, are you so passionate about it? What did you hope to accomplish? What was your dream for this business when you started it? How has that a dream evolved? How can we take that original vision and still apply it to what you're doing today? On a very practical level, you can just with yourself, there's a, a practice I called why times five. And basically, if you can ask why to any question, especially about your business or about why you're doing anything, and you ask why, and with, e- with each subsequent answer, you ask why. And, and by the time you get to the fifth why, you'll be really at the core and the root issue, the root why underneath all of, of the clutter, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And so I would say if you want to do it with yourself, just sit down and, and make yourself answer why five times. With, with why are you in business? Uh, why do I like to do what I do? Um, why am I having trouble with this issue? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. do that. Ask yourself why times five. I and love you'll, that. You'll end up with a really clear answer. You'll either be crying or laughing at the end or both, right? <laughs> Very true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is one piece of advice that you've received in your life that you would say is one of the most important that you've heard? What comes to mind immediately and is this the mentor that I mentioned earlier in my story? He's a, now the pastor of our church. Still, we're still very close. He had told me years ago. He said to grow where you are planted, and 
when I was younger, that was a really hard concept for me to learn because I was constantly wanting to just move on to the next thing in my life and go on and do great things. I was constantly looking ahead to the future. Mm-hmm. And that wisdom really struck me and has always stuck with me in my life that wherever God has put you, put down some roots, grow, establish yourself and be confident and trust that you're in the season you're supposed to be in instead of always looking for the next thing. Mm. And sometimes we can be so eager to look like, what's the next thing God's calling me to? This is cool, but what's the next thing? What am I always moving into? It's like, no, grow where you're planted. And in my own life with being a writer, that means like, hey, I need to get really good at writing. I need to hone this craft and I need to dive deeper into this and I need to own this identity and stay here instead of looking what's the next big thing. And if we'll do that and grow where we're planted and establish ourselves where we are geographically, where God's called to be, and also where we are in this journey in our identity and let God tell us when it's time to pick up roots and move, but decide now you're going to grow where you're planted, Mm. then we'll actually see more growth in our lives than if we're always trying to move to the next thing. The thought that just came to mind is you've got your hand on one rail and you're just a couple inches away from the other rail on the right. And you're constantly trying to grab the right-handed rail. When Why don't you just hang on to the one on your left here, and let's see where it takes you. Mm, It's good. Yeah, so good. Another thought, and we'll finish up here. I'd love to have you pray for our listeners, is this. In terms of your personal connection with the Lord, what have you found to be the most profound way that you connect with Him? Is it journaling? Is it prayer? Is it just sitting quietly? Anything like that. Well, writing really is a a powerful way for me to do that. You know, we have a lot of thoughts that are kind of swirling around in our heads. And if we will, I had a teacher in college that taught me this and it it really transformed how I write. But she said, most people think to write, they think, and then they write, but writers write to think. Mm. And so when I began to write as a way of thinking, and and when you start doing this, if you try this, it's going to come out as a jumbled mess when you start because your thoughts are generally pretty all over the place. But when you write as a way of thinking, your writing begins to get more clear, but as a result, your thinking begins to get more clear as well. And so whenever I am my personal time with the Lord, I do have times where I'm just quiet, I'm just in prayer, or I need to go out and walk outdoors somewhere. And I connect with God really well in those places. But when I'm going deep and God's given me revelation on things, it's when I'm sitting and I'm writing as a way of thinking. And so I'll have thoughts or ideas swirling around in my head and I'll just sit and start to write. And what happens is you kind of get all the surface level thoughts written down and you can get those out of the way. And then the next layer deep, those thoughts begin to express themselves. And then the next layer deep, the next layer deep. Mm. And something about putting words on paper that helps concepts go deep and helps you get really deep revelation. It's like the same thing. If you ever had a conversation with a friend and in the midst of that conversation, you reach a point like 20 or 30 minutes into the conversation where you suddenly realize this is a really deep conversation. Yeah. Like, but there's something about getting all the surface level stuff out of the way. Once it's expressed itself, then what's below, what's the really deep stuff begins to express itself and begin to, begins to come forward and you put words to it. I hope that makes sense. You know, it almost makes me think, and you can appreciate this having been a podcaster previously yourself, is I've also discovered that about 15, 20 minutes into a lot of conversations, the gold starts coming out. Quite oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have you pray for our listeners as we finish up here, Brian. Absolutely. Well, Father, we just thank you so much for the wisdom that you have given us and, and the journey that we are on in our lives, that we know you are calling us toward something beautiful. 
and the person that we most desire to be. And God, I pray you just give those listening and myself and Brian as well. You give us the faith to continue the journey and to keep stepping out there into the unknown. That right now, Holy Spirit, as people are listening, if you are highlighting something in their lives and a place in their life where they need to take that step of faith and go through and get out there into the middle where grace can take over, that you would give them the the courage and the strength to take that step anyway, in the face of fear, in the face of the unknown. And I just thank you so much for this conversation. I thank you for all the people that are listening, even if it seems by chance that you have set all this up on purpose and for a greater purpose. And we just thank you so much, Holy Spirit, and we just are willing to follow you into any unknown that you have before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brian, thank you. Wonderful conversation. I appreciate you sharing your heart with me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.